Welcome to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 for April 24. Welcome to the Arts Report. I'm your host, Megan Thomas, and uh, that's something that is going to be changing coming up. Right off the top of the hour on this April 24th, I want to announce the very happy co-hosting by Sarah Lapsley that's going to be starting next week on May 1st. She is going to be uh, covering uh, next week uh, some Doxa films. She's going to be covering uh, some... uh, some events at the Museum of Anthropology, as well as some other things that I'll let her announce via Facebook and Twitter. But so we'll be alternating uh, Megan Thomas and Sarah Lapsley, and this is going to give us a little more time to uh, delve deeply into the various things we're covering. And it's just a lot of work hosting the Arts Report. We want to do it well without killing ourselves, and I'm sure you would prefer that also. Um, And then... uh, Coming up next week, uh, we will also hopefully have an arts project um, that it will be a play by Gertrude Stein, that uh, local uh, Gertrude Stein scholar, Adam Finch, who is going to be on UBC Arts on Air on the 15th, has put together for us. So that is excellent. Uh, This week on UBC Arts on Air, we have uh, some more MOA, uh, Safar Voyage. Uh, which is a show of uh, Iranian, Persian, and Middle Eastern contemporary art at the Museum of Anthropology. So that's coming up at 6, so stay tuned for that with Ira Nadell. Wanted to give a couple of shout-outs to some events that I went to recently. On Monday, I saw Cluster Fun, which we heard about last week with Adam Paintman, with uh, Ivan Decker, Warren Bates, Katie Ellen Humphreys, Kevin Lee, and hosted by Adam Paintman. And uh, if you've never seen a comedy show at the Havana, I would definitely, definitely check it out because... They do actual plays there. So we, every comedy show I've done has had a a separate or different set that's left over from whatever the most recent production is. A lot of theater goes dark on Mondays, and that's when they do their East Van comedy. Um, Seeing them having to climb these stages is really, really hilarious. So uh, it always follows into the actual act itself. So it's always something new. Um, And I think my favorite was probably Katie Ellen Hemphries, who did a hilarious character that uh, of... Uh, Leslie, who had just been taught comedy by Kyle Bottom, who's a local comedian, and uh, she had some pretty great jokes uh, about chocolate, as women comedians are supposed to do, obviously. But then she also had uh, this, uh, I believe her, I believe the character's name was Leslie, but she, you know, she had a short, very sensible haircut. She wore a lovely silk scarf and a, uh, like a suede blazer. Uh, she was a uh, very practical young middle-aged woman and uh she she told us some real stuff about women in comedy that uh was not supposed to be funny but was so i think she was definitely the star of the night and then of course my fave kevin lee um but everyone was really funny and it was a tight hour so check that out on cluster fun on facebook um and then uh a shout out also to eye of the storm which i saw on sunday which was an immersive audiovisual environment um so uh, you can, it was a dark magnet in the re- at the Rio Theater, and it was using the amazing visual uh, 
presence of the theater and then you also had these uh, electroacoustic and sound artists doing some really amazing things um i only stayed for the first half because that still went till 10 30 um i was pretty late for a sunday for megan but i saw the passenger polly hatchet the taylor um and a bunch of other really great stuff at the end of the day as well so uh we left just during hibernators set uh which is hibernators to bears if you don't already know um I mean, I guess you could say they were men in bear suits, but why ruin the mystery? And uh, they played some great kind of house, acid house, and uh, I was like, I can't listen to this and not dance, but there's no dance floor at the Rio unless you are brave enough to make it, make one, and I was too sleepy. So I really, really enjoyed that. Um, check out uh, hopefully more events like that in the future. And uh, one final announcement. Um, April 25th to 27th, uh, this week... Ballet BC has Giselle playing at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. And myself and arts reporter uh, James will be there tomorrow night. And he will have a review for you, uh, hopefully, Friday afternoon on CITR.ca. But I'm very, very excited. I totally missed Encore during the Push Festival by Ballet BC. And I really regret it. So I'm putting on my red dress and my heels. And we're going to go to the ballet and it's gonna be lovely and everyone's gonna be wearing hiking boots and we're gonna look way better by comparison and maybe that's the best part who knows but uh it looks like uh an amazing uh modern take on one of the stories that i really loved as a child it also looks like there might be a little heat between the two male main characters so queering it up a bit it's gonna be great i mean if ballet wasn't you know already um so uh those are some great events that are have happened and are coming up and Stay tuned. Today on the show, we are going to be talking to Inez Ortez um, for, for about Hamlet Machine, which is her MFA thesis. And uh, we'll hear a few excerpts from the show, as well as learning a little bit about Hamlet Machine, the play, German modernist, um, and about the aesthetics and about how the machine room at the UBC, at the UBC campus is pretty sexy, the power plant. And then later in the show, we have uh, Zachary Wood, aka Tranny Zuko, or maybe the other way around, um, uh, talking about the Vancouver International Burlesque Festival. And we'll hear a little bit about his his name, his boy Lesk, and his troop Dirty Vanity. So please stay tuned after the break. ABC Short Filmmakers, this for annual Vancouver Short Film Festival is now accepting entries until August 1st, so get those cameras rolling. The student recent grads and professional filmmakers can submit films and videos, and remember, the shorter the better. Last year, 29 short films were screened and offered $15,000 in prize with an award to BC Filmmakers. For entering rules and submit online, please visit the Vancouver Short Film Festival at bsff.com. Thursday, April 25th at UBC's Chan Center for the Performing Arts, it's Taj Mahal and Shamiki Akopaland. 
Composer, multi-instrumentalist, and vocalist Taj Mahal is one of the most prominent and influential figures in late 20th century blues and roots music. His artistic scope represents virtually every corner of the world, West Africa, the Caribbean, Latin America, Europe, the Hawaiian Islands, and so much more. Shamikia Copeland is the daughter of blues legend Johnny Copeland. Her powerful voice is guaranteed to raise your spirits. Tickets are on sale at the Chan Center box office, High Life Records, and Rufus's Guitar Shop. Uh, how should a theater be supported? Yeah. The ideal way is through the, uh, through the box office. It should be self-supporting then, if it... No, the ideal way. Oh, the ideal way. Yes, if, if it could be self-supporting, that would be the best way to operate a theater. If it could be. Yes, but it's not possible if you're interested in, uh, in some uh, kind of continuity. Mm. If you're interested in um, merely in having a show run or make it, the best place for you to go is to the commercial theater, if you can raise the, the amount of money necessary to produce mm. a play, and uh, take a gamble on a hit. And then there's nothing more, uh, there's nothing clearer than a hit, which means that people want to see this product, and they pay for it at the box office. Sure. There's no, there's no ideology involved, there's no question of support by governments and so forth. It's a straight transaction in the same way you'd buy groceries or... Right. Petroleum. But you're interested in producing more than hits, aren't you? Well, I'm interested in producing plays, per se. I'm interested in the theater, the art of the theater, which is not the same as producing, How, just what, putting what, on plays. What, what distinction do you make, then? And that was an excerpt from a interview on Day at Night, um, back in the day, uh, with Joseph Papp, or Joe Papp, theatrical producer and founder of the Public Theater in New York. He also worked with the New York Shakespeare Festival and Joe Papp in Five Acts is a documentary filmmaker in person, um, a U.S. film uh, that is playing at the Doxa Festival on May 5th, so not this weekend but next weekend, and Doxa is running from May 3rd to 12th. And you can check out all the films at doxafestival.ca. This is one of the ones I've seen so far, and uh, it is done by Tracy Holder and Karen Thorson, uh, and it is the story of Joe Papp, founder of Public Theater, which was a way for, he produced Shakespeare in the Park uh, in a modern way and made it free. Not only did he make it free, but not both the audience and the people on stage uh, were all colors, all classes, all privilege, uh, all accents, anything that would represent um, the diversity of New York and America, and he really believed in the power of theater. He was one of the first producers of shows like Hair or Two Merchants of Venice uh, that was like Hair versus Shakespeare, um, as well as some other really amazing plays. But this movie is not necessarily about himself or uh, the David, such as David Hare, Mamet, and Rabe, uh, the playwright playwrights, excuse me, I can't say playwright, uh, the playwrights that he mentored, uh, or even all the celebrities that show up in the film, uh, it is about the evolution of this man and theater in New York. And the five acts showcase uh, his actions, they showcase why he was so beloved, and they also showcase why he was a bit of a terror. You learn a lot about what it is to be at the top when you are someone who is sensitive enough to understand what is artistically rele relevant in 1960s, 1970s, and 1980s society, uh, and powerful enough to make that happen, but at the same time quite isolated by this power. Uh, it's a very sappy film. Um, so you, uh, if you love theater, if you truly, with your whole heart, with no cynicism, um, want to see someone succeed uh, and create 
a public theater uh, idea and then make it, make it to Broadway and actually make a little bit of money and actually succeed, so to speak, you're going to love this film. But what I would say is that it is a bit of a glory fest um, about Joe Pop. But the people who have worked with him really, really believe in him. Uh, He passed away of pancreatic cancer just before his son passed away from AIDS. And so it's this really poignant uh, conclusion to this story of Joe Pop and the wonders that he kind of wrought just through will alone with the healthy dose of government funding and i'm actually sure not what else he actually had going for him in terms of funding um he kind of jumps around this film quite a bit from his childhood as a as a poor uh jewish immigrant um all the way through to his success and eventually coming out as jewish um and also active communist so Joe was fighting a few battles there. Um, He uh, was a really fascinating character, really strong character for the power of art. And uh, some things that I saw as cheesy, through his eyes, I actually saw the value of them. And uh, it was really great to see these huge audiences and this historical footage of these uh, very mixed class and race audiences really understanding Shakespeare and him presenting Shakespeare in a very American way without actually uh, undermining its power. Uh, And I think the best thing, uh, I have tons of notes, but I think the best thing someone said was that this is how Shakespeare was supposed to be made, outdoors in a theater, the living theater. So uh, that was one of the shows that's coming up at Doxa Festival on Monday, May 6th at 7 p.m. And you can check out doxafestival.ca for more information. Uh, That It's a very sweet film. Uh, It's very much like, look at this amazing white guy and all the stuff he did. But hey, that's okay, too even though, you know, there are a lot of movies like that out there in the world. Uh, Another one that I have recently seen and that will be airing at Doxa uh, May 5th at 12 o'clock lunchtime is The Horse Palace. There's a horse in the John cut every year for almost 35 years, 40 years. It was built in the 1800s. It's okay, and it's uh, it's it's a nice thing for a city to have. That was an excerpt from an interview uh, the Montreal Gazette did in 2011 with the owners of the Griffintown Horse Palace, and the Horse Palace is uh, one of the is and was one of the last stables in Griffintown, Old Montreal, as it's called. And this film traverses the history of the stables and of Griffintown, but also of these two uh, characters, so to speak, um, who run the palace and who are actually leaving. It's in such disrepair, and they're like 85. Um, you have uh, Leo Leonard and his wife, who are into his into their 80s and have been working at the stable since they were nine. And they try to move away to a, an old age home, which he calls a nice enough place to die. He's pretty hardcore, this guy. Um, but they wind up moving back to the stable after people get together and build it up again. It's a uh, it's a story not just of these people who are committed to a way of life, but also 
a discussion of the old versus the new as they have a similar condo issue as Vancouver and things are knocked down in order to uh, build new condos and the history, the living history of the city is being eroded. Uh, that is playing Sunday, May 5th at 12 o'clock p.m. and you can check out more fe- films at doxafestival.ca and um, I'm hopefully going to do a bit of a write-up with a little more information online but I want to get going, I want to keep going. Um, and uh, talk to Inez here about Hamlet Machine. Um, So we are going to listen to a bit of an excerpt uh, from the play, and then we will talk to Inez a little bit about uh, this modernist German event come to life. Please stay tuned. Inez, welcome to the Arts Report. And uh, Thank you. I have mispronounced your name, so please tell tell the people at home the, the beautiful pronunciation of your beautiful oh. name. <laughs> Thank you. Inez Ordner. Ordner. Ordner is uh, Austrian, and Inez is the Spanish, my Spanish name. Um, so I, I, I carried too much Spanish in over to that <laughs> second part. Um, Inez, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much um, for inviting. Um, it's my pleasure. And what what are we listening to right now? Um, um, this is the old version from the Staatsbildung, which is the first part of our play. Um, we I have some friends from Germany who are composers and uh, music producers who wrote an uh, exclusive score for us. And uh, so this is uh, one of the first versions of our, um, yeah, on the beginning of the play. So very soundscape, very creating our own world. So that was um, the premise we started with. Can you take us back? Um, explain Hamlet Machine. So it is <laughs> a it is a German play. Yes. And and tell us a little bit about uh, what makes it Hamlet Machine versus Hamlet. Um, Heiner Müller wrote this play in 1977 after he spent many, many years translating Hamlet itself, Shakespeare's Hamlet, into German. And uh, he was very intrigued by, by the, by the uh, theme in Hamlet, um, which he saw himself in, in the coming of age of the communism and his disappointment in the communism that doesn't um, develop as he w- saw it or as um, Hubert promised promise it. So um, he wor- he ba- basically used Hamlet, Shakespeare's Hamlet, as a metaphor for uh, criticizing uh, political systems in general, not just the communism. So he's in, in, a, 
in that's very roughly because the the text is incredibly dense and difficult um not just to understand that but also to explain <laughs> <So> <laughs> okay okay so then so then what drew you to the play and what is it that you drew out of it in order to stage so you're working on your this is your mfa thesis for yes. ubc yeah and you can check out the photos on facebook.com slash hamlet match m-a-c-h and the the photos are so intriguing it's just the um life-size skeletons and machinery and uh lights and um these elaborate it's an it seems like an elaborate production and can you tell us how you got there from from this um treaties on communism so, uh, disappointment <laughs> well i I'm, i really like i like political plays i like um play with that have a lot of substance and a lot of levels to look at and to interpret for for me as a visual artist for a designer this is the premise from where i i be inspired from so hamlet machine has all that in a very very dense and uh, a, a strong uh, language so yeah um, i i needed to do it when i read it the first time i was really scared so deeply because I knew this I, I had to do this it gave me so much food for thinking for uh, recreating that text so that um, I basically think um, um, I created something that is uh, equivalent to the dense text in costume in the visual I really wanted to uh, tell the story visually as much as I could well story is, is it's not a story but the fragments of Hamlet so it's it it sounds like you're working very much within like it's a like a play but it's instead of a series of scenes it seems like a, a very metaphor based absolutely storytelling yes um yeah the, it is it is very metaphorical so that's why visually it it gives me a lot of space again um to interpret it and bring it even a little bit further and look into into the backstories of uh, Shakespeare's Hamlet but also of political situations and of course technology plays an uh, absolute fundamental role in this entire play uh, especially my inspiration comes from Bauhaus which I have to go a little bit further back um, Bauhaus in, in Germany who was also um, the theater in Bauhaus react, reacted to the technology um, that developed during that time and worked with that so Oskar Schlemmer created light on stage and played with light on stage and co in costumes with costumes of course with the methods that were available at that time so Heiner Müller who is criticizing um, our development as a civilization and the um, the f the fact that we are already after after the decision that we we are we mm, the train cannot be stopped basically <laughs> yeah. um and i thought uh, m why not using new technology now and going even further uh, integrating the technology into the body meaning into the costume and see what happens now just so uh, the line is pretty much straight for me um playing with those um playing with industrialization it's 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 still the same route we're on so you can see some of the photos um, on their Facebook. I also posted some on CITR.ca and tweeted from uh, at CITR underscore arts report, which, of course, you're following at home already. Um, and I found in the f in the images that, that you guys had put up, um, there was still a real sense of humor. Like we're talking oh, yeah. about industrialization and yeah. German modernism. But but those things actually have a real sense of uh, burlesque, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah tie-in um they they have this sense of humor these these big skeletons and this these yeah. weird, weird lights and um where's the humor for you 
in 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 something like that well um is if you look at what we are creating around us it's sometimes um more ridiculous than <laughs> um I, i i like to make fun of it too i mean the, the text there is an incredible um biting humor in it it's very very black it's very provocative and um i i wanted to take the text literally and see what happened so and yeah it, it has it turned into fun not fun that's not the right word but it is black humor mm -hmm. and um i really enjoy peeling this out in this in the play as well yeah Some of the other images are also of the cast and crew at, I guess that you said the UBC power plant? Yes, yes. Um, tell us a little bit about why <laughs> you took a field trip to the power plant and how that ties into the mood and the, the content of the production. Um, not many people have experiences being surrounded by machines, um, the old style from industrialization. I mean, we had way more machines around us before technology came into the digital age. So um, I really wanted that the, the actors especially um, experience what it means being in between machines. And the power plant has a beautiful, oh, it's just my favorite place on campus, a very narrow little mm -hmm. walkways, but an incredible variety of different machines and compressors and motors and pumps and huge, I, I don't even know what all those things are, cables and pipes, different colors, but also um, the most important part, it is incredible hot in there. It, it, it smells dif different and um, it is, The sounds are from an incredible variety of sounds and noise as well. So I really wanted that they are experienced that and go into a communication with the machines. So they were doing movements and played with each other. And um, so I thought it was it was an incredible experience. Well, it sounds like when people think of machines and things that are mechanical, They think a lot about, you know, things being kind of cold and, and lifeless. Yeah. Um, but the way you're describing it, it sounds very visceral and very, very sensual. It is. It is. An, it is a sexy, as almost as a supermarket can be sexy in a way. Oh, those there's vegetables. <laughs> mm. Well, there's a coldness to it, right? Um, but we created it. I, I think the, the, the main reason is that we are the people who made those machines. So the machines are in us and the, the we are in the machines. So there is a, there is a sort of an exchange um, because it is part of us. Um, and and I, I, that's what I really think. It's it's very interesting to to think even further, go even further, and play with that and see what it does. It is not always a pretty road. It's a, a very hard road to explore, which I realized. But it is, uh, I think, a very giving road to to go. And I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, bring this workshop production maybe hopefully if I find some people work want to work with me together on that uh, to, a, uh, to a larger stage so it, is, it has a lot of potential can you tell me uh, a few of the challenges that you face trying to bring your vision because you know you, you have to work with a, a bunch of people you have to um, there's always physical limitations when it comes to doing a very physical play. Can you tell me uh, any any challenges that you've overcome in order to bring this to the workshop stage? Well, talking of movement and physicality, I think that uh, my my costumes I designed them in a way that they are actually restricting mm -hmm. the human movement. So um, I got a I got always in trouble with the actors. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> they're still struggling at times, and I I cannot blame them. I I put a lot of stuff on them and. Um, they, they definitely have a hard time to move. But that was the premise to start from. So uh, put, uh, designing costumes that restrict their movements, but what else can they do instead? Where can the movements go? 
um, still using using um, theatrical space and drama methods. So um, yeah, that that was the beginning. So it is very abstract movement. It is not dance theater, although you can you can call it that almost i really wanted to have a drama i really wanted the spoken word as well so we modified the spoken words we modified the movement and just to fit the abstract uh, quality of the uh, the hamlet machine text yeah so you, so it is in english but you have these excerpts that are also in german yeah yeah um so it's running for the next three days uh or sorry tonight tomorrow and friday yes yeah and it's been free admission so things are kind of filled up but you were saying that there might still be a chance oh gosh you can try at the door Uh, it really um surprised us last week that uh, we sold it out Um, but i mean there's always some shifting going on already i mean people have to do other things or uh, so it's really worth if you really want to see it I, i try it at the door um, is there, if people want to find other works of yours, or do you have, like, are you thinking beyond your thesis at all? Do you have any other <laughs> projects in the works? I know um, it's no. sometimes hard to see beyond the fog there. No, it's 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 a little bit difficult. I, I, I focused on this project for the last year because those costumes are so involved. I worked many months on just one. Um, I do not know. I really do not know. I'm I'm hoping I can continue with Hamlet Machine and see if I really, really want to get further there. There's so much potential. I don't know. No, nothing, nothing coming up. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, you know what? If you see, um, if you guys at home look online and you you check them out on the UBC website um, or via their Facebook, which I've linked to, um, it really is uh, amazing amount of work, it seems, that have gone into it. And it's it's just so intriguing. So uh, if, if I could have gotten a seat. Damn, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about about the production or or the story that I that I have missed? Well, I think the most important part for me was also to look at the women in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that was something I was really intrigued because um, the, the the monologues from Ophelia are really short. Um, like I said, I mean, there's no um, communication between the characters. The Hamlet and Ophelia, nobody ever speaks to each other. The, the entire script is a monologue or stage directions. So, and I really took it seriously, um, literally. So I wrote um, uh, Gertrude, uh, Hamlet's mom, was written into the play, uh, but she never exits. And I think the most important part in our production is that she does not exit the stage. So she is when she, in the moment she comes on stage, she stays there the entire time. Um, and so I, I try to explore as a director the, the dynamics between Ophelia, Hamlet, at, towards Gertrude and the chorus. So that is probably um, the, the most unique um, uh, other point in our production. Yeah, I, people always talk about Hamlet's daddy issues, but I think his mommy <laughs> issues are probably a little more intense. Just as intense, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you um, so I much. think it's a really intriguing project. And um, we have a little clip um, of um, one of Ophelia's monologues. Um, it's a four minute clip, and I'd love for you to set it up for us just okay, so that great. we know what we're listening to is as we exit. Yes, so this is the last uh, monologue from Ophelia. It calls I'm Electra. And it is it is a very very gut wrenching um, part. Uh, our Ophelia Sara Canero, she's doing an excellent and very haunting uh, job speaking that. In in this clip, it is spoken in German by Trautonia Kappa, one of our composers. But it is will always be also be live spoken in English. So it is a 
Um, I cannot translate it in the same time, unfortunately. But <laughs> if you like, I can read it or at least a little part of it. Absolutely. Would you like to do that on top of or? Yeah, the maybe. That's a good idea. Just to give people at home a bit of a taste um, of what you might hear at the actual play. Um, so uh, we'll listen to, uh, well, coming up, we have uh, the Ophelia monologue. Um, and it'll give you a little taste of, if you can't, uh, if you show up and you can't get in, this is what you are missing. This is Electra speaking, in the heart of darkness, under the sun of torture, to the capitals of the world, in the name of the victims. I eject all the sperm I have received. I turn the milk of my breasts into lethal poison. I take back the world I gave birth to. I choke between my thighs the world I gave birth to. I bury it in my womb, down with the happiness of submission. Long live hate and contempt, rebellion and death. When she walks through your bedrooms carrying butcher knives, you'll know the truth. Ich empfangen habe. 
Ich verwandle die Milch meiner Brüste in ein tödliches Gebot. Ich nehme die Welt zurück, die ich geboren habe. Ich ersticke die Welt, die ich geboren habe, zwischen meinen Shocking monster. That techno rock you guys listen to is godless. I'm sure. And the only reason you don't understand our music is that you don't like it. After I'm gone, your Earth will be free to live out its miserable span of existence. Can anyone stop their mechanical mail? All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. My extremities pulsating with tingling sensation. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Swaying back and forth. A beautiful thing taking me away. You are a robot. You must listen to Synaptic Sandwich. Saturday nights from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on CITR FM 101.9. back on the arts report uh thank you very much for staying tuned uh and thank you to inez for joining us um check out hamlet machine uh on the ubc website and uh, it is happening uh today tomorrow and friday um now we move on to something that involves politics and sensuality and costuming and burlesque but it's actually burlesque and we have in studio the tremendous zachary wood aka tranny zuko hello thanks for joining us thanks for having me I just thought I thought we'd play a little music while yeah, we chatted, yeah, and I thought I can see, there you go. And maybe I I thought let's not play the super scary German stuff. Anymore. Uh, well, I mean I know you I love it. I know I love it, but no one else would see it. Yeah. So uh, right now we have the Wanted. I found you Trenny remix. Yes. And we are going to get to why that's important in a minute. But let's let's start at the start. All right. 
Chinese Zuko, yeah. please introduce your fabulous self to our listeners. We met uh, when we both performed, uh, I guess, a year or two ago at the yeah. Teacher's Pet at the Electric Owl. Just over a year. And you have been like, a pam since then. You've been doing so great. It's been a pleasure to watch you develop. You Thank deserve you. it. Thank you. Um, tell us about, uh, tell us your origin story, superhero, Zachary. All right. Well, um, I've started burlesque about a year and a half ago, and... I was I was started with the Screaming Chicken Theatrical Society, mm-hmm. and just kind of grew from there. I I I started a lot of my work with them, and still do most of my work with them. And um, I'm also part of a Victoria group called the Boxers Are Brief. Uh, it's an all male burlesque group. We do a show about once every few months, uh, once maybe every three months. And people in the know sometimes refer to that as boylesque. Boylesque. I'm not the biggest fan of the term boylesque, but it's used so much that I can't. But you, I can't hate it. You like to. You're just doing burlesque. That's yeah, what you do. It's burlesque. Okay. I'm. I'm totally down with good, that. Good. Um. And so that's. That's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm doing burlesque everywhere. And then I'm starting uh, in the works slash already started my own uh, group of of performers called the Dirty Vanities, Tranny Zuko's Dirty Vanities, which we can talk about in a bit. I think mm-hmm. we have planned. But um. Yeah. I've only been doing it for about a year and a half. But I've got. I've become so immersed in this in this world of naked self-love that I can't get away from it. Now, I'm assuming that you were a theatrical naked self-love type of person before you I found was. burlesque. I, <laughs> How I, did you come into it? I um, was going to Douglas College in, um, I guess I think it's 2010, 2009-ish area. And I've always loved musical theater and acting ever since I was a kid, um, running around the house. Look at me, look at me sing a song from Greece and from this <laughs> and that. Uh, so I, I was going to Douglas College for acting, and one of the girls that I went to school with, the beautiful Ava Lur, that is Ava Lur, was a burlesque performer, and we performed a show together, and um, Melody Mangler and Violet Femme, two amazing Gorgeous burlesque girls, yes. performers from the Screaming Chickens, mm-hmm. came to see us, and they were doing a show at the, uh, in the summertime of that year, and they wanted me to be a part of it. Luckily, I got the part, uh, or a part in it, and... Uh, after I'm meeting everyone saying there's no way I'm not doing this in the future. And it, it turned out that I do love burlesque more than acting. Um, some people might have to put acting and burlesque together. I find it a kind of different. But what I love about it is that with burlesque, it's... I like being in charge of everything. With acting, I can only be in charge of my character, really. Mm-hmm. And then burlesque gets going... Uh, Okay, well, I can be in charge of my song, the lights, telling others if I'm doing choreo or chore, if I'm choreographing a number, telling them what to do. I can be in charge of it all, and I like being in charge of it all. Just a bunch of power-hungry producers, burlesquers, and that me. show, um, just FYI, was uh, Oliver Fanny. Well, the, actually, the one that got me into it was oh. called Terror at Rocco Beach. Oh, okay, okay. And that was, I think, in 2010. Yep. And then Oliver Fanny was last summer. And we have we review both of them on the show. Mm. And uh, I think we did have an excerpt from the interview I did with you outside the show. I believe, yes, probably. Um, we go way back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those shows were both really highlighted this kind of, you know, you're always yourself, but you do, you do get into that character yeah. pretty thoroughly. Yeah. It was great. Sexy is such a sexy dog you were in Oliver Fanny. Oh, thank you. 
Sexy um, dog boy. Well, one of the things, uh, if you don't know, now you know about burlesque, is you, you have your burlesque names. Yes. Uh, you can find me as Cheeks So Plenty, mm. um, which is very descriptive, I think. Love um, it. And Love you it. And you are Tranny Zuko. So I tell am. us about the background to that name. And there's, because there's, because <laughs> there's a bunch of layers, I think everyone, and, and, and sometimes it's just like mine where it's just, it's funny and it's descriptive, but you, you got some layers going on I there, I got some girl. layers. I'm a, like an onion. Um, so it makes you cry. Exactly, I do. Um, so it, it has a few meanings behind it, and um, the first the first meaning is the uh, more comedic aspect. It was just a nickname my friend and I came up with for. Um, so I'm just hearing the other song. I'm like, oh, I remember choreographing this song too. Uh, it was a nickname my friend and I came up with because we love Greece so mm-hmm. much. Who doesn't? Right. So we came up with Tranny Zuko, uh, Sandra Double D's. Kahiki instead of Kaniki. And I don't know if I can say it, but it's Betty and it starts with a J. And her name is Rizzo. Oh, so I gotcha. Put it together. Um, so Tranny Zuko, it just came out of that. Um, so that was that was the more comedic meaning. The more serious uh, meaning behind it is that right now where I am in performing, I have found my true calling. Mm-hmm. I have found that this is what I was born to do. This is what I need to do. And due to the types of acts that I like to perform, it's made me a stronger person. Mm-hmm. And I am walking in the skin that I am meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking in the skin that uh, that needs to be out there, needs to be shown. And it, it took a lot of time to get there um, from when I first started and even before burlesque. And it's just, now I, this is who I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. This type of performer, this uh, uh, outrageous over the top person it's it's so it's very liberating that's the term to use very Mm -hmm. liberating awesome that's great and i think and i think that's probably something that a lot of performers in one way or another if they're like myself where they just dabble Mm -hmm. um or if they're like yourself where you just had a complete lifestyle change i think the thing that brings us all together is that it brought out a new side of themselves um or I think more accurately, something that was within them the whole time, and they weren't mm-hmm. really sure how to express. Where do you where do you bring it out, right? Yeah, if exactly. You can't always bring it out in high school. You can't always bring it out in real life. Where can I bring this real person out and have them uh, walk walk everyday life as they should? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has that that person inside them that needs to to blossom. And it just takes different times and different ways of blossoming. And this is mine. This so, is yours. So you're performing uh, this Friday at the Vancouver International Burlesque Festival. Oh, uh, sorry, next Friday. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and I'm I'm really sad to miss you because I'm going to be at the Doxa Film Festering opening. It's okay. But if you, uh, but uh, there's going to be some amazing acts um, from uh, Thursday through. Saturday, yes. and uh, you can check that out at uh, at Van Burley Fest on Twitter, as well as um, Vancouver International Burlesque Festival online. Um, but tell us, a li- so tell us a little bit about some of the shows. So uh, the first song that we were listening to was "The Wanted." I found you, and this is this is the Tranny remix. The Tranny remix. That you are Tranny Zuko himself. Are you? So you remixed this for your show. So tell us a little bit about the act. Don't give too much away. All right, all right, It is. Yeah, it is the Wanted. I found you. I I heard a version of the original song and as much respect as I have for them I did not like the original song and I heard a remix of it and I loved it but I thought I love the beginning of it and mm-hmm. I don't like the ending and I heard another remix and I go I love the ending I don't like the beginning so I put it together call it the tranny remix it is a 
fierce club pop song. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. I love pop music a lot. And what I love to do is incorporate burlesque and pop music together. And Mm -hmm. I don't see that a lot in burlesque. Um, Other people can disagree all they want, but I don't see it. I don't see music that someone like me knows Mm -hmm. being performed. And I love going to a show and going, I know that song. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool way to interpret it. Yeah, it gives you a new perspective on something. Definitely. Um, And so my thing with, uh, with the Dirty Vanities especially is bringing in music that either people know or can at least uh, you would hear in, say, a club setting, like uh, this this I Found You song, and um, putting choreography to it that's fresh and different and unique from something that, other other than something else you would see in the, in the burlesque world. Um, it's, I just, I love pop music and I love, I love rock and roll and pop music and it needs I think it just it's ready to be in burlesque. I love seeing jazz pieces and I love seeing the music that no one else has heard of before mm-hmm. types of pieces. Um, but it just I don't know maybe maybe it was just it was hidden and needs me to come out and, and bring it. <laughs> so what's the premise for the the show that you're gonna do? Give us the premise for the act. It is uh, fourteen. The number always changes. I'd like to say fourteen. Uh, Glamazon cave women all super uh, fur and animal print and crazy hair. And so your normal Saturday gorgeous. night already. My normal Saturday yep, night. Yep. yep. So pretty much I said don't even wear a costume. Just come over from your Saturday night. And uh, they come out and it's it's they just brought me out and I'm in normal clothes and the whole dance is a sacrifice to the gods Ooh. of me. Who am I? I don't know. It's up for you to find out. Where do they come from? I don't know. Not for you to find out. No, you have to come and see the show. Exactly. And um, I think what we'll do is why don't we give, uh, this won't be to this show. You're going to have to buy tickets for that. But um, why don't we, uh, we got another 10 minutes or so in the show. Why don't we give away some tickets? So you can give us a call at 604 822-2487 and we can uh, give you a couple tickets to Thursday night show and I'll tell you what the schedule is. Just um, as good. We've got Catherine Delish uh, who, from Seattle who has held over 30 titles such as Miss Nude and Miss Exotic World so she is a strip teaser. Um, Russell Bruner who I are perhaps Brunner who's to say oh, no one no. to me right now amazing nonetheless he is amazing he has been uh, he has won uh, the king, the best boylesque he's like a burlesque king uh, last summer and I have not seen him in person however um, perform but I did see him uh, at uh, when Jet Hador came mm. to Kitty Nights and ladies here's the thing and gents and gents and between Every, all all people <laughs> with eyes and the blind who cares yeah. the point is there's boylesque and it's great and you know a lot of the stuff that i've seen is very silly and stuff russell brunner and jet Dor and these other people they are doing hardcore sexy stuff like i saw them and i was like oh this is what men get to feel like when they watch burlesque mm-hmm. it is fun and it is funny and it is talented but it is super sexy so i would definitely recommend that there's some amazing male burlesque performers out there we mm-hmm. got, as men are very lucky to look up to the ones that are out there and, and i think it's um it's important in a way because you have um men being able to express their sexuality is important and mm-hmm. it's actually almost as in a box these days as women as yes. what they're allowed to do and not do so uh and let's you don't, and examine that masculinity fellas exactly yeah not always to make it comedic 
Um, because there's this thing where like being sexy and sensual is for women, and it's not. Seduce your ladies mm-hmm. or men. Uh, we have Foxy Tan, the original Triple Mocha Latte, um, and she is coming down uh, as well as, um, let's see, who else is? Um, so on Thursday specifically, we've got the Wet Spots who are hosting mm. uh, Rock and Roll Burlesque with Blue Morris, Amazing. who's a local institution. Uh, Paint and Pasties uh, is producing, and Amazing. they are local, and Gypsy Rosely at from Kitty Nights. It's a whole show mm. um, uh, around Minsky Burlesque and it looks like uh, is, Bur- is Burgundy doing her famous... I don't know if she's doing her f- her the act that you're thinking of, but I know she's in it. But and she's anything very, with Burgundy is yeah, great. Amazing. So that's amazing. The, so that's the Thursday night lineup and I also have done a, a little bit of uh, giving you a sprinkle of some of the other shows that are happening. Judah Stein um, mm. is coming back again. I saw her last year. She's amazing. Um, and just a bunch of local and international performers. Um, there's so many things. Kabuki Guns. Yes. So you have uh, some European flair and uh, from Calgary. And uh, I I'm can't go on I'm super stoked for our Vancouver acts. Yeah. I'm super stoked for Melody Mangler, yep. who I love and adore and Screaming look up to. Uh, Lola Frost. Mm-hmm. Cherry on top. Lydia DiCarlo. Yes. Uh, Bloody Betty, who I would like to say is one of my all-time favorite performers. Bloody Betty is amazing. I got the opportunity to interview her for a local mm. publication, and she is super amazing. Cool. And if you're interested in gender bending, yes. she's great because she does uh, Drag King stuff and uh, Gorlesque, and so she yes. is something a little different I for sure. I think I know the act that she's going to do, and it is very, very fun. I love it. I love it. Um, do you have any um, other acts that you're in development that we can maybe give us a little sneak peek? Um, I have a few coming up. I'm performing in Victoria May, I'd like to say, 9th. And I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be live singing that in that one. And uh, it's going to uh, be a dedication to the glamorous pop stars of the past who have fallen so hard. Oh, like the are any of the mm. members of, for example, the Twenty Seven Club? Those kind of things. I'm not oh my god, I'm so excited! I have to watch it or watch it. Okay, video. so if you're listening in Victoria, and then I have a show on Friday, and that will be at the Roxy. I believe doors are at six thirty, and all I'm saying is that it involves pizza, sauce, and how many licks by Lil Kim. Oh my god, that sounds uh pretty yes. messy. Yeah. Um, so please check out Tranny and all the amazing performers at Vancouver International Burlesque Festival. If you're at the Rio on Thursday or the Vogue on Saturday, you might be able to see little me selling candy, doing my little volunteer mm. thing. Um, because I really care about this festival and I really care about this community. It's done a lot for me personally, and I think there's a lot of girls out there, whether it be just fun um, and, and, and boys, um, just whether it be fun, whether it be self uh self-determination whether it be getting into gender play anything yeah. um from the high to the low brow is somewhere in burlesque and it's it's an art that's really close to my heart so um Amen. uh check out all the deets on van com, and you can find them on twitter and on facebook as well um any parting shots there tranny zuko no i'm so excited to be here and i'm super excited for the vogue on Friday the 3rd, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I just look for me around town, and you'll find me somewhere at Tyranny Zuko. 
He'll probably forget Zachary would. He, he'll probably he'll he'll probably be wearing um, the ghost of a shirt. That seems to be his thing. Yeah, um, I don't wear shirts. I wear accessories of shirts. And <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that and and I'm sure at home we were all very excited because I don't think Beyonce and Lady Gaga get played on CHR very often. Well, so. she said bring in songs of acts you've done. I said, oh well, it's what I said. Here they come. Uh, so uh, we are going to leave uh, with. Uh, uh, the Wanted, I Found You, the Tranny remix. Uh, and uh, you still have a few minutes to call uh, 604-822-2487. Please call and uh, get a couple of tickets. Uh, and next up is UBC Arts on Air, where they will be talking about uh, the latest show at the Museum of Anthropology at UBC. Uh, Tranny Zuko, thank you so much for joining us Thanks and repping the VIBF 2013. I love it. Thank See you. See you guys there. Uh, check us out on CITR.ca um, on Facebook.com slash Arts Report and on the Twitter. Have a great night, guys.